At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. To Infertility and Me podcast, a show that amplifies diverse stories about the struggles of infertility and fertility in a safe space. Our goal is to normalize fertility stories that validate, give hope, and create a community where no one is left silently suffering. You guys, thank you so much for being here with me on Infertility and Me podcast. I'm your host, Monique Farouk. I appreciate you for being here. And today we have a very special guest talking about being childless by circumstance, childless after infertility. I know that this is a very scary subject for us in the community, but it's something that we have to deal with, something that we have to face and something that we should take head on from the very beginning when we're trying to conceive and making sure that we have a plan and that we are okay if that has to be our story. We should think about it. And so our guest today is Lana Manikowski. She is a podcaster as well as a life coach. And you can find her at Stitch, S-T-I-T-C-H Coaching on Instagram to connect with her. So Now What Podcast is a platform that Lana also has in which she shares ways in which you can live a fulfilling life after infertility and or just deciding to be childless. And so today she's going to share with us her story about how she spent a lifetime dreaming about motherhood and after seven years of various fertility treatments and also considering adoption, Lana and her husband decided that they were be childless after infertility. And in this episode, um, Lana shares with how she judged herself a lot for the adoption process and she gets into what she ultimately decided about adoption and how she felt about adoption. Everybody's not okay with it. And so Lana shares her process of adoption, uh, seeking adoption possibly and what that was like for her. And then also considering using donor eggs as well, because that's also another option that people go to when they're over 35 in which Lana is and was at the time of trying to conceive. And so we talk about a lot of different things. You guys want to make sure that you stick around for the entire episode and make sure that you are following the Infertility in Me podcast page on Instagram at Infertility in Me podcast. So we will be back in just a second, you guys, with Lana. So we're back, you guys, with our girl, Lana Manikowski. Thank you, Lana, for getting up on this Saturday morning and coming on the show and talking to us. Appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you allowing me to to share my story with your listeners. Oh, absolutely. I had to because I listened to some of your episodes on your podcast, the So Now What podcast, and I think think it's a really good podcast. I think you guys would really like it. So you guys make sure you check out Lana's podcast called So Now What. And so, Lana, I just want to start from the beginning, dear. I married my husband. At thir- I was 35 when I got married. So okay. for getting married, I was on what I, I thought was like the older end of the spectrum. But I had a lot of career goals and I lived a beautiful 20s and 30s. And so it's like I don't necessarily have regret. I just never thought I would have trouble getting pregnant. And so mm. when I got married at 35, it was just like, 
hey, I'm married. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. So did you guys try to start trying to conceive right away or did you take some time first? Honestly, we didn't, we weren't really even paying attention to it. It was about when I was 37, I hadn't gotten pregnant yet. And a close friend of mine who had had her children through IVF, I remember being on a phone with her in the grocery store. You know, I was chatting with her. I was doing some grocery shopping and she was like, have you thought about looking into, you know, getting your levels checked or anything? And, you know, she was saying it from like a loving way. I, you know, she was a close enough friend that she and had, she had been on the infertility path before. So I think she knew more than I did. Cause I was just kind of like, Oh no, I didn't even think about that. And so I made an appointment with my gynecologist and they did some initial workup and sure enough, my levels at 37 were already trending on the lower side. And so that's when I sought treatment with a reproductive endocrinologist here in Chicago. And we did um, seven IUIs and two IVFs at that clinic. I just needed a break. Nothing. I had two retrievals, nothing that matured enough to actually have a transfer. And, you know, as many can probably relate, you're kind of like, what? You know, like all that effort, all that time, all that medication and emotion. And at that point was probably 41. And I was like, okay, maybe I just need to take a little bit of a break. And I wasn't sure whether I was going to pursue treatment again. We took some time off. And again, another friend, different than the first one, was going through IVF. So I guess my common theme here is, ladies, we're not alone. Like, we have so many friends who have gone through it and can be our champion. So my girlfriend was going, she had done her initial treatments um, also in Chicago and ended up going to a clinic in Colorado and had a much different experience and felt like a different energy there. And so I remember being on the phone with her and she's like, I think you should just try it. At least call and make a consultation appointment try it again, like don't give up. And so I reached out to this clinic in Colorado and my husband and I had a really nice conversation with the doctor there. And he was very honest at this point, you know, I was in my forties. I don't want to build any hope. I really think that we should do some initial workup before you decide, we decide whether it's even worth you going through IVF. I was very grateful because I know that there's a lot of people who have not had that experience where they are encouraged to have treatment and they don't necessarily have the workup done to tell them whether it's even worth the time and energy. So I was grateful and I did that. And so then we ended up doing two rounds in Colorado at our clinic there. I had one embryo that was frozen from my first round in Colorado. Never had any others from my two, I had a canceled round and then I'll just never had any others that made it far enough to become frozen. And then that was that. And then my one frozen embryo ended up having trisomy 16. So it was not healthy enough to implant. And that's where my story ended with my fertility journey. We talked about egg donors with our clinic there, as well as adoption. And we just needed a minute to process that. And that was it. Like there was no further communication from them, which, you know, that was what they had to offer. So I'm not pointing fingers at them, but that brings you to, or brings me to where I am today. Why I decided to create a community for women that are just kind of like, so now what do I do? You know, where do I go? Because the clinics have done their job of what we went to them to do. And then I just felt like there was no other community for me to 
sort out in my mind what my life was going to be like if I wasn't going to be a mom. It's been really difficult then, like having the conversation with hubby and then having all those conversations that we have with ourselves about what we're doing. And so were there ever times where you would go back and forth with yourself? You're like, okay, this is it today. We're done. But then you go back and forth, back and forth. Did you ever find yourself doing that back and forth thing? Yes. Yeah. We did. With adoption, we went back and forth a lot with it. We looked at some international adoption opportunities. We know some friends who have been adopted, some families who have adopted children. So we did do a lot of thought back and forth. And I had a lot of judgment with myself, I would say, when we decided that that wasn't the right road for us. I had a lot of thoughts of, you know, am I not a good person Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't want to help a child who needs a family? Am I putting my fear of going through more heartbreak and more sadness and disappointment? Because, you know, we do hear these stories where people have a child in their arms and at 20 seconds before things don't work out. And I had visions of what that would be like. And I really judged myself for a long time when we decided that adoption wasn't going to be the pursuit that we would take to parenthood. I also feel like there's a lot of us that we're not entitled to our sadness about not being moms because we believe that others perceive us as not having tried hard enough or tried all the routes or, you know, that's why 80,000 times you hear, you could always adopt and you get this like tinge of how dare they. But a lot of that I come to see now as I'm on the other side of it is us judging ourselves for not adopting. So to answer your question, we did go back and forth a lot and had a lot of question. And I would say even this far down the road, like we sometimes are like, gosh, should we have? And I think Mm -hmm. that's part of our journey. I feel blessed that my husband and I have supported each other through this, but there's also a lot of this guilt that I carry that I didn't give him a child too, because he wanted to be a dad. He's never Mm -hmm. said that, but so Yeah. And at this point, how did you forward in healing yourself? And did you get therapy to help you or coach or some sort of uh, counselor to help you move through those emotions? And especially with the guilt and the adoption, that's heavy. That's deep. That's really deep. A lot of people won't say that out loud. I don't want to adopt. And I think that's really brave of you for being able to admit it to yourself and be honest with others. Like I want genetically born children and adoption is for a lot of other people, but it's not for me. So did you get any help or anything? I didn't, but I remember going back to my uh, acupuncturist that helped me through, I was going through my cycles and being so grasping for any help I could get. And I remember feeling like, gosh, there's got to be like someone out there who helps women after this. Again, that was like that feeling of loneliness I was feeling. And I remember her telling me, well, I don't really know anyone who helps women post IVF and after they don't have kids, but here's a therapist that some people I know have gone to. And I I just never called anyone because I felt like no one would understand me. I just came into this like whole shell of a, like that I built around me. And I remember just showing up to things and just being there physically, but just not emotionally being engaged with a lot of my friends events. Cause you know, of course people were having baby showers and registering and, and gender reveals. And I remember just showing up and just being like, okay, like you got to get through this. 
So I did it alone. And then I ended up working with a coach for myself who I found ironically through the weight gain I experienced after my IVF treatments. You know, a lot of us experienced some weight fluctuation from the hormones and it was like two or three years later. And I still had these pounds packed on me where I historically didn't carry weight like that before. And so I found this woman who was a a weight loss coach because I had tried Weight Watchers, I had tried the Kit and Caboodle, Whole30, this, that, intermittent fasting. And turns out I didn't even know it, but she was a certified life coach and just her niche happened to be in weight loss. And so when I joined, her name is Corinne Crabtree, when I joined her program, No BS, I finally discovered that we could create new beliefs about ourselves, and we could give up that old story and we could love ourselves despite being infertile and being childless. And so it was working with her that allowed me to start rewriting my story about myself and about what I had experienced and then giving me the motivation to do this for others that were looking for someone that had been in the road that been on the road that they are on or have been on. So that's when I got my certification as a life coach. Wonderful. What a process in (laughs) working through all of that. And like you say, rediscovering who you are and so that you can fall back in love with yourself. I think with infertility, we fall out of love with ourselves and we despise our bodies for not doing what it was created to do essentially. Yeah, I think that's really important. And it's it's fantastic that you've done that and been able to hold on to it. Did you ever have times like that where working through your grief from infertility and um, being childless after infertility and even just accepting that you're going to be a childless by circumstance couple and, and individual and things just didn't work out the way you thought they would? I think it's something truly that I still work on every day. And I tell my clients that all the time that there's never a day that the switch turns off from wanting to be a mom. And then all of a sudden you're like, my life is magnificent. And I just can't travel and do all these like bougie things that like people have these people that have kids envision we do when we don't have kids. Yes. But um, (laughs) I always tell my clients, there's always this piece in your heart that will have that love for being a mother and the desire to be a mother and the hurt and all the things that we went through. And there's nothing wrong with visiting that part of your heart, whether it's daily or hourly and just respecting that it's just part of your journey. Cause had you not experienced the sadness and the defeat and the failure that we felt, we would never allow ourselves to get past it. If, if we just ignore it and just don't act like it's there. So I very much, when things trigger me or, you know, just even that you could always adopt comment. It's something that I have worked on even as recent as two weeks ago when someone I hadn't seen forever saw me and were like, oh, you know, whatever happened? Did you become a mom? And I said, you know, no, we weren't able to, well, you know, you could always adopt. And I felt this jolt and I was like, okay, Lana, time to get to work. And so I think that the healing process is just something that I've accepted is just going to be part of my journey. I find beauty in my ability to not judge myself and just mother those emotions as though I'm a mom to me. Just mm-hmm. have compassion for that part of me that feels the sadness and and bring myself 
to a place that I can love myself, even despite the sadness and the judgment that I sometimes still feel for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like resigned myself that I'm not going to go through fertility treatments anymore. I'm now, I'll be 48 next month. So I'm to that point where I'm like, okay, you know, reality is I probably won't be getting pregnant naturally. Um, and so I think I'm finally at this point that I'm like, okay, you know, this is it. And I think my coaching has really, you know, coaching personally, but also developing myself as I became a coach and got my certification of being optimistic about what I could create with the future instead of living in my past and being more past focused, which is something that I work a lot on with myself and my clients too. When you get your training, work with someone and they coach you. Correct. Exactly right. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And so that was kind of a major healing point, I'm sure too, as well, when you were in the midst of training. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Is there anything that you would want those still in the midst of treatment who haven't conceived yet and or struggling with the idea of walking away childless by circumstance what would you say, because I know there probably was a time in you and doing all your treatments where you were like, there's no way I'm leaving without this baby. And you're full force, you're like fire blazing a trail. You, you've stated some things before, but specifically to those who may be in limbo about whether they should stop. What was your experience with working through those feelings and those ideas and that picture in your head that we all play back? Like, no, I can't see myself walking away. Or what was the point where you knew that you you just this was it. This had to stop. What was that breaking point? I would say it was just the constant emotional cycles of getting your hope up and then dealing with the defeat, you know, the, the constant indecision of what my life was going to be like planning my life, planning a trip, doing anything because I just never knew where I would be in a cycle or would I need to be in Colorado, Chicago, where I would be. But, you know, I I truly believe that we as women have such gifts of really knowing our inner self and we have this voice. And I got to a point where I was just like, you know, trust yourself that being a mom, as much as it was something that I prayed for since I was a young girl, um, I always wanted to be a mom. I just, I knew that God had his plan and I knew that he would take care of me and guide me in whatever road I took. And so I just really tapped into that inner voice of you're going to be okay. You're talented. You have a great job. You're successful. You're smart. You have a loving family and husband and being a mother, as much as I wanted that, I knew that I could still create a beautiful life with the gifts that I've been given as a human. So I just encourage other women to just tap into that inner voice. And it may seem so confusing sometimes because it's not always clear, but if you just give yourself some time to 
really do like thought work. I call it paper thinking. So getting out of your mind and writing down the things that are coming up for you and just have that sacred space with yourself to really tap into you. I think that the answers will come to you. So for me, I just, I knew that that's what was right for me. And I encourage others to just sit with themselves and trust that they have the inner knowledge within them. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was probably terrifying knowing that you were getting ready to lay this part of your life to the side and to to rest really. And a lot of people are scared of having to make that decision and working through that fear. One of the things we have to start with asking ourselves was, was motherhood a goal or was it an expectation we had of ourselves? Because a lot of times we just have this expectation that you're born a female and you should pop out kids, but we never even ask ourselves, was that something that we truly wanted? Is that the thing we just were told generationally? If you're a woman, you should be popping out kids by the time you're 25. And I think a lot of the things that we work on is really understanding what we wanted to achieve from motherhood. And if it's a greater purpose in our life. I don't think that although motherhood and I would never sway anyone away from trying to be a mom or mothers that work hard and do all the things that they do. Are you wanting that child to give you your purpose in life? Because if you're expecting your purpose to be based on somebody else, even if it is your own child, there's going to be opportunity for you to lose belief in yourself and who you are. So we do a lot of work on what it is about us as individuals that we're proud of. What are the things we want to develop? What are the things that give us our true purpose in life if it's not going to be based on somebody else? So I have something that I work on. It's a believe, feel, act cycle. So it's kind of this thing I take my clients through. So when you believe a certain way, or have a belief about yourself or your circumstance, it causes you to feel whatever feeling comes up based on that belief. And when you're feeling that way, you're going to take specific actions or inaction, um, recoil, revert from hanging out with people because you're feeling embarrassed because your body didn't work like it was supposed to. So kind of understanding where these beliefs are about you and whether they're valid anymore. Do they really play a role in your life anymore? Do you want to move forward the next 50 years of your life believing that about you? Or we work on creating new beliefs that will take you into the future that you want to have. Yeah, that's great. So it's called the BFA cycle. A lot of people shy away from doing work on themselves because they feel like it's going to be a lot of work and it's not. I'm proof. I mean, I was somebody who just was one of those strong chin person, like, I can handle anything. Like I was just kind of taught that you work hard and you just don't complain. And father came to this country at 17, didn't speak English. Like I saw him as an example of somebody who just put his nose to the ground and worked. And I never believed in thought work. I never thought that I could really make a difference in my own life by the recognizing my beliefs and the things that I was saying about myself and to myself. And It's just amazing how easy it is once you really purposely do the work on yourself. And so a lot of people are like, oh, it's, you know, that's all fluff. It's not going to make a difference in my life or that's I'm way too far gone to ever get on the other side of things. But I can tell you that 
if I could do it, anybody can. I'm no special snowflake. It's just understanding a different way of asking yourself questions. And that's really what I try to do is, is with my clients. I don't want them to be lifelong clients. I want to give them the tools that they can take from me and my guidance and then just be on their way, creating an amazing life that they love again. And so if there's anything else you would like to say to those still in the midst of trying to conceive specifically that something that they can hold on to to take with them. Believe that what you're doing is good enough, that there's nothing, if you're, you have a protocol, you're following that protocol. If you're 10 minutes off from taking your shot, that wasn't the reason why it didn't work this time for you. And I think we put so much pressure and self-judgment on ourselves, but just know that you're doing your best. You're in the best hands. You're going to take care of yourself and just love yourself through this process and be proud of yourself because the women that I know that have gone through fertility treatments are some of the most strong and powerful women. I mean, the fact that we wake up every morning and go to these monitoring appointments and get blood draws and we look like pin cushions and then we still show up in our nine to five job in our daily lives, just slaying it. I mean, I just... I just have to tell you, love yourself and have so much respect for yourself. Tell us about the So Now What podcast and how you came up with that idea. The So Now What podcast, I am 32 episodes in. So I come out with my podcast every Tuesday. And for me, I came out with it um, just to create a forum that I didn't have for myself. So I left that last meeting with my you know, doctor in Colorado asking, and I think that continued on for several years. And so I just wanted to create a place that women could go to and just know that they're not alone in their journey. And I really, I have a lot of back and forth interaction from my listeners, which I love. I'm sure you do the same. Like, what do you want to hear? What are you struggling with? How can I help? And so a lot of my content is based on what people bring to me that they want to talk about. I also try to keep my episodes like 10 to 15 minutes long, just like a quick, you can pop it on on your way to work or, you know, as you're getting ready in the morning. And I, I give a little bit of homework every week. So something that if somebody is not at a place that they're wanting to do coaching or hire, you know, me to work with them. I just fully believe that I want to offer people value, whether they are able to pay for it or not. So I give every week, I give a little bit of lesson of something to work on. And then people are out, I keep my DMs open for anyone to like ask me questions. So I just, the So Now What podcast is just an opportunity to let you know that regardless of where you are on this journey, there's always an opportunity for you to believe in yourself that you're the best version of yourself. Well, thank you, Lana, for that and for all that you have shared with us today. You've given us some really valuable things to think about and also moving forward with this next year with things like kind of returning to normal and having to be in spaces and events more often. I feel like COVID was like a break for that for a lot of people over the last two years. And so by the time this comes out, we'll be right in the midst of summer. So yeah, it's going to be a lot to deal with this summer. And so I appreciate you. And so where can we find you on the gram? What's the name of your handle? My handle is Stitch Coaching, S-T-I-T-C-H Coaching. My website is stitchcoaching.com. Thank you for that as well. And so you guys, 
Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Infertility and Me Podcast. You guys know where to find me, Infertility and Me Podcast on Instagram for all of your fertility-related content and updates about the podcast and community. Not see you, but you'll be listening next time in two weeks. Thank you, guys, and peace and blessings.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.